Okay, Psalm 119. Psalm 119, starting verse 89. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Thou hast established the earth, and it abideth. They continue this day according to thine ordinances, for all are thy servants. Unless thy law had been my delights, I should then have perished in mine affliction. I will never forget thy precepts, for with them thou hast quickened me. I am thine, save me, for I have sought thy precepts. The wicked have waited for me to destroy me, but I will consider thy testimonies. I have seen an end of all perfection, but thy commandment is exceeding broad. So um, in your handout, your uh, Psalm 119 handout, we are on page 5, I think it is. And um, we're on number item number 4, that's delight and deliverance of the blanks. Delight and deliverance. And we've already looked at letter A, the delight of seeing him and hearing his voice as we uh, as we seek his face. Well, that, that's that's Psalm 119, verse 92. Unless thy law had been my delights, I should then have perished in mine affliction. And as we've talked about, Psalm 119 has repeating themes in it, which are, there's an emphasis there. And, and on this emphasis, it's the word of God, which the psalmist credits, or his love for the word of God, which has seen him through so many challenges. And uh, listen, if Christians today would get in the Bible and not just read it and memorize it, but hide it in their hearts, like David said, it would help us in every in our walk and every challenge that we face. Uh, God is always ready with the counsel that we need. But you got to be willing to listen to the counsel. (laughs) And um, there's many candy cane Christians out there that have just only fluff feeding them. And like Paul said, Paul said, you know, I at, at the time I would have, you know, I would have given you the good stuff or the, or the meat. I had to feed you with milk. He's talking about doctrinally because they weren't able to handle it. Listen, it, it can't be any less true now. <laughs> and so the point is we as Christians need to be students and disciples of Christ and to sit daily at his feet and read the word of God and to ask for God to teach us and help us. And there's not a, a Christian on the planet that's exempt from that. We all need God to daily teach us and help us. And so the delight of seeing him and hearing his voice as we seek his face in the word of God is enough to keep us from falling or enough to give us peace while we wait for the Lord to deliver us. And then let our eyes, Psalm 119, verse 114, Thou art my hiding place and my shield. I hope in thy word. And again, that's still true today. Our, our hope is found in his communication to us. And so uh, then we look at letter B. It's, it's when we fail to look to him or when we are distracted by our circumstances that we will experience fear and failure the most. And so we looked at uh, 1 Samuel 27 last week, and David said in his heart, I shall now perish one day by the hand of Saul. And that was after God twice had delivered Saul, who that's who he's afraid of. God had delivered Saul twice into his hand, and he could have killed him and taken his life, but David didn't do so. Uh, and so now, after the second time, David says, I'm, I'm going to perish one day by, by Saul's hand. He says, there's nothing better for me than that I should speedily escape into the land of the Philistines. That's Israel's enemies. <laughs> and, and Saul shall despair of me to seek me anymore uh, in the coast of Israel, so shall I escape out of his hand. We talked a lot last week about how decisions that are made under discouragement and fear, that's not good. For any Christian to make decisions while under the influence of fear or discouragement or or anything like that, you know, Christians should uh, should get their counsel from the Lord directly and and by by peace and quietness and not by 
panic. Panic is a very bad way in which to make a decision. And the decisions made like that are always bad ones. When you run uh, away from a problem because you're afraid or because you're panicking or, or under the weight of discouragement, I think that's what David was. He was discouraged. He was, there was a weight. And, and listen, Satan is always taking his shots. You know, he'll, he'll take advantage of any situation. And you'll, you'll feel that weight of oppression on you. And, and listen, we don't have to be like that. But again, a lot of us can be under those circumstances and make bad decisions while being there. And so uh, number two, this is where we are, Matthew 14. So please turn there with me, Matthew 14, verse 22. So again, this is under the thought of when we fail to look to him or when we are distracted by our circumstances, that's when we will experience fear and failure the most. So Matthew 14, verse 22. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And by the way, that also is, is part of the successful life with Christ, is to be alone with God a lot. <laughs> and you see the Lord Jesus many times making time to get apart and get, uh, get by himself with the Father and, uh, and, and spend time there with him. And we also need to do this. Excuse me. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. When the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went, went unto them, walking on the sea. And you know, again, there's many times, so many times in the, in, in the New Testament, the Bible makes it very clear that Jesus is aware and knows all things. Now the Lord Jesus sent them on that ship <laughs> and sent them into those waters. And so now they're in a storm and the wind is contrary. And so it's a very bad situation. And so, again, the Lord must have known that he, he he would have known what he was sending them into. And he would have known when they were experiencing it. So why? Why does the Lord do that? Well, he does that for all of us. <laughs> he actually sends us into difficulties and sends us into storms. Listen, it's just like working out, you know, no pain, no gain. And spiritually speaking, no pain, no gain. It's true in every believer's life. We just don't grow when things are easy. It's not that I don't think that it's not that we can't draw close to God. It's that we often are not growing unless there's adversity. <laughs> the very thing most of us don't want. <laughs> I know some people in my life I'm very close to that are very non-confrontational. I'm not going to name any names. I'm so tempted, but so anyway, the point is, is and and you know, we all have things that we're concerned with, and 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 it doesn't change the fact that the Lord is going to send us into storms. Again, you know, not, it's not that we might encounter them; it's that God will put us in them. And I think that's exactly what happened here. The Lord Jesus sent them this way. But the ship was now in the midst of this is verse 24. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And it's just it's just you know, the Lord Jesus is the master of creation, and creation obeys him. He's the creator of, of creation, and he is the master of creation. And so now on the fourth watch of the night, he has sent them into the storm, and now he is walking on the water. By the way, what kind of waters are they? Choppy, stormy, the exact same thing that the apostles are in. 
It's not to wait later we see the storm, t- storm stop. And so, um, <laughs> verse 25, And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. <laughs> and they cried out for fear. Now, I, I'm laughing now. <laughs> but I'm laughing. I'm, Melissa's rubbed off of me over the years. When something bad happens to somebody, Melissa's first instinct is to laugh at them. <laughs> uh, like, you know, one of us trips or falls or something like that. And, and you know, it's usually making fun of how, how we landed or something. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, here the disciples, they... They see the Lord walking in the water, and they're... I'm sorry, honey, if that's... Uh, <laughs> anyway, they see the Lord walking on the water, and they believe he's a spirit. Why wouldn't they think that? It's in the middle of the night. They see a figure out of the water. They can tell it's a, it's a human being of some sort, or a, or a human-shaped person. And so they believe it's a spirit. Who else could would be walking in the water? And again, keep in mind, this is a situation the Lord has sent them into. And so, and, and in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled at saying, it is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway, I, I don't, can you hear, can you imagine in your mind a chorus of 12 grown men crying out <laughs> because they're seeing a spirit? And, P, uh, uh, and uh, verse 27, but straightway Jesus spake unto them saying, be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And, of course, just pausing right there for a second. Listen, that's the voice that all of us need to hear in the middle of the things that, that grab a hold of us and shake us. And so this is Lord Jesus' voice. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And so he presents himself. He's not a spirit. He is the same man, son of God and son of man that they've been following. See, this is an opportunity for God to reveal himself to them. And listen, it's times like that that we're going to see manifestations of God the best, the most clearly. We're going to be able to see and hear the Lord's voice at these times where we're shaken, we're afraid, and we run to him, we grab a hold of him. And and we spent a couple of weeks ago uh, talking about Jacob and how he wrestled with an angel of the Lord all night. And, of course, we've heard many, many pastors and preachers say, and I'm one of them, that that very much was an Old Testament appearance of Christ. So it was the Lord Jesus that called the pre-incarnate Christ. It was he himself. The angel of the Lord is often referring to the presence of God walking on earth. And so the angel of the Lord is wrestling with Jacob all through the night. And so the, the, he said, let me go for the day breaks. The angel of the Lord said this. And, and Jacob said, I will not let you go. Except you bless me. And of course, you know, what happened for Jacob at that moment? He was afraid he was going to die when he met his brother who had for the past 20 years wanted to kill him. And again, this goes right back to the same situation. Do you know why Jacob was going to see his brother? Because God told him to. God told him to leave Pananarim and go back to his father's house. And so the last thing that happened with Jacob is Jacob had swindled him out of his birthright. <laughs> Esau came out of the field and was famished, and Jacob, I guess, was a good cook and made a pottage of uh, a bowl of pottage. And Esau says, "Give me some of your pottage." And Esau and, and Jacob says, "Give me your birthright." <laughs> I mean, what a thing to say! <laughs> and what did Esau do? He says, "What good will this birthright do me? See, I'm ready to perish." He could have gotten himself up and gotten himself a piece of bread or something. He didn't have to give to Jacob his birthright. 
And so Esau surrendered his birthright to Jacob for a bowl of pottage, literally. And so from that moment on, when, when it was time for Isaac to give the blessing to the firstborn, and the, and the firstborn blessing in Abraham and Isaac's house was a spiritual thing. It was not just the majority of the land or controlling uh, the, the inheritance. the inheritance. It was a spiritual blessing. It was a very important aspect of this. And so when it came time for the firstborn to get that blessing, it was conniving on his mother's part, sneakiness on Jacob's part. But Jacob got that blessing. And when Isaac found out about it, he refused to take it back. Isaac also was a man of God. You could say a prophet. God at that point made clear to him, Jacob was supposed to get this blessing. And so when Esau saw all this happen, he said, the days for mourning for my father are here. And after that, I'm going to kill my brother. And he must have said it out loud because word got back to Rebekah. And she told Jacob, go to my, to my brother's house, uh, Laban. And, uh, and so that was the idea is get him out of here before Esau kills him. Esau was a, was a, a very mighty man. And so Jacob has ran away for 20 years. And God said, go back to that land. And so he's, he's, he's obeying God. He's got two wives, which wasn't his plan, but he's got two wives and two uh, servant wives and many sons. And he's going back to, to the and, and now he's very wealthy. He has to, he separated his, all of his company into two bands in case Esau comes with four. He came with 400 men. What's that sound like? <laughs> he's going to kill me. <laughs> and so uh, so he separates everybody into two bands and he crosses over the brook and he there wrestles with the angel of the Lord all night long. And so there I said all that to say this. <laughs> Jacob says, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. And this is something we, we have said before, but it's worth repeating. No man could hold the Lord in place unless the Lord wanted to be held in place. God let himself be held by Jacob. It's a very important thing for all of us in this room to understand. God wants us to get a hold of him and not let go. That is God's will for every person in this room. Without exception. And if any time we settle for anything less, we are doing a disservice to, to being a child of God. We're, dis, we're, we're not giving our Father the honor that He deserves. We're not honoring the Lord Jesus as He deserves. And listen, it's, it's, it's just too common that we all wake up, and I'm not, please don't think I'm pointing my fingers at anybody here. We wake up and it's just easy to get taken with the day. And except you purpose, you're going to seek God first thing in the morning. And you're going to have moments where you, you, you meet with God throughout the day. But listen, God's will for us, every one of us, is to have a constant communion with him. A constant communion with him. You're praying with him all day long. Every spare moment. And that's not to say that your, your, your head is down and, you're, and, you're, and you're, your hands are folded and you're like this. It's just that you just constantly talk to God. And he can talk back, by the way. I don't, I'm not saying with an audible voice. I'm saying that he can lay things on your heart. And, and, you can, and, and you know, it's, it's good to have ways in which you're seeing God throughout the day. 
have Bible verses here and read the Bible and sing praises unto God. God can lay a song on your heart. All these things are important for believers to stay in constant communion with God. That's what He wants. He wants us to lay hold of Him and not let go. It's very important for us as believers to understand this is our heritage. <laughs> it's our heritage. Brother Patrick, you're going to say something. I'm sorry, I forgot to... Let you to your point about that he had to have wanted to be held down, mm-hmm. the other verses, no one will... I'm paraphrasing. Mm-hmm. Pluck me out of you in my hand mm-hmm. because he is, for he is stronger than all. Amen, amen. So you couldn't do it yourself if you wanted right. to. Amen, that's right? a good... That's a very good point. You know, that, in that verse is, uh, you know... Uh, um, I, I, I can't, I'm going to not get the verse right myself, but he says, there, you're in my hands, and I'm in my Father's hand. Right. And it's a very beautiful thing. And Patrick, it's a very, very good thought that, you know, you couldn't get, you couldn't get out of that if you wanted to. <laughs> Miss Mary? John chapter 10, verses 27 and 9. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. John chapter 10, verses what? John chapter 10, verses 27 and 9. Okay. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Amen. Thank you, Miss Mary. <laughs> it's a very beautiful verse. You, you, you know, once you come into God's care, You'll never get away from him. You'll never get out of his protection. Christians can get away from God, and we can get ourselves in a world of trouble. But um, but we can't we can't lose that that salvation that he gives. We can't lose his hand. The Bible says that uh, that we're sealed by the Holy Spirit unto the day of redemption. And so uh, back to our verse in uh, our chapter 14, Matthew 14. So but straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer; it is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked in the water to go to Jesus. And again, there's no record that it has stopped being stormy. <laughs> so he must have got out in these waters, and it's still storming. But, you know, he was, uh, and Peter, praise God for him, at moments he's just overcome. And he says, whatever is the first thing that comes out of his mouth. And he says, Lord, if it's you, bid me come to you on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were in the, coming to the ship, the wind ceased. And so this is this is like deluge of rain. Remember the 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 the, the storm was so bad that they couldn't move. They couldn't go forward because it was contrary. So this is an extreme storm. But they get into the ship and it stops just like that. It's not the only time it's happened in in, in the New Testament. And so um, and immediately stretch uh, Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth. Thou art the Son of God. And if you want my humble opinion, this is why they went into that storm. That they could worship him, they could see him for who he is, and they could worship him. Listen, the Bible's very clear. God, he seeks us to be in this place where we see him as he is in truth. Brother? It's kind of like the rapture. You'll see him as he is. Amen. Amen. And and even and, and just as exciting, or maybe more exciting. 
is when he comes back to earth. I think about this all the time. You know, right now you, you have Americans and they're all caught up in all kinds of things. You can meet somebody, you can strike, strike up a conversation with somebody. I, I sometimes look for God to help me in this way. You know, you, you, you just meet somebody, you just start talking to them, just try, you know, ask them how they are and things like that. And, and you get to have an opportunity to talk with them. And, and uh, if, you, if you do get that opportunity, you talk to them about the Lord Jesus, you, you might get any, any number, you will get any number of reactions. And, and some of those might be, I don't need God. They, may, they might not even say those words. I have heard it, <laughs> things like that. But, you know, it's fine if you need that sort of thing. But listen, when the Lord Jesus appears in the air, or when his feet come back to the Mount of Olives, that's what it talks about in, in, in Revelation. That he's, you know, the Bible says in Acts that he physically rose up off the earth and went up into heaven. And the, uh, the, the disciples start, stared, and the angel said, why are you standing here staring? He's coming back the exact same way. You know that place that he lifted off from? He's coming right back there. And listen, the whole world is going to find out that this lamb, born in a manger, that they ripped his beard out, spat at him while he was dying for them, and then he rose again in victory. And then he has disciples all over the world. And it's, the gospel spread like wildfire fire from Jerusalem. And it spread all over the world. It's, it did that during Bible times. And now the world, you know, people are of different opinions. And it's a very small remnant of people who believe. But someday, Jesus is physically coming down through the clouds and he's going to land on the Mount of Olives. <laughs> the same place until he took off from. And listen, when that happens, it's, a, it's a, an, extra, an extraordinary thing when Jesus comes back and takes back his throne. See, Satan and the world are allowed to have have their own choices, and Satan is, is actively deceiving. So people are, are allowed to make their choices now. And people are allowed to scoff. They're doing it all the time. The Bible talks about in 1 Peter how in the last days there will be scoffers, you know, talking after their own lusts, saying, where is the promise of his coming? <laughs> all things continue as, as they were since our, since our father's days. And they're scoffing. They're saying, yeah, right, Jesus is coming back. Except for someday Jesus is going to come back. And, the, and this is what we're getting at. Everybody's going to know. Everybody's going to know. Without exception, nobody on planet Earth will not know who Jesus is. Uh, it's, it's Bob first, and then Patrick. <laughs> I've asked a question before, but I'll bring it up again. Okay. I'm always concerned because my sister okay. was autistic. Mm -hmm. And I don't think she ever accepted the Lord. Okay. Is there any, did we ever find anything in the Bible? Right. And and well those who are incapable, I think you can put them in the category of a child yeah. that, that could not that's, come to the place. That's what I'm saying. I've never found anything just right. But you have to have by faith that is right. but, that he knows all things. I mean because someone is childlike that that doesn't mean that they can't be saved either. Because you have to be as a little child 
to be able to have that childlike faith. So, well, I'm unfortunate, Bob. I can't give you an answer that is definitive. All of his judgments are righteous, mm-hmm. so you don't I have know to. That. Right. I know that. That's what we, have I mean. have, we have faith in that, right? Right. Righteousness. Now listen. Th- there's one thing that's, that is conclusive. Nobody goes to hell without actually choosing that's to not true. accept that's Christ. And so that's actually kind of a comfort too, that's true. because if you can't come to that place where you could turn away, that's true. so that's a mini proof of what. There you go. What his right. Well, David. David said about his son. Who, who was uh, a small child, maybe a year old, when, uh, when the Lord took him. Uh, David said, I will go to him, but he cannot come to... How is that worded? <laughs> I always start quoting things. Yeah. I will go to him, but he won't come to me. And so that's the bottom line, is that, that those people... I mean, that child was not able to no. put things together, to accept that Christ was in his stead. Mm-hmm. You know, and, well, and back then, it was, just, it was still being... Uh, pointed towards Christ, but but still, he wasn't able to accept God as the one who could. And David very clearly enunciated that in the Psalms that it's through God's mercy that we're that we're saved. Amen. And so, yeah, that's. that's yeah. <laughs> well, I think the age of accountability, the, the age doesn't mean like 12 years old. It's an age. It's a time. Uh, I don't know the number in the Bible verse where that's at, but I know in the New Testament it talks about the age right of accountability where someone would. I don't. I don't know that there is a place where it defines uh, yeah, things. Not, I don't think it's a number. I think it's an age, like a time where every person, every human being would, would be able to understand the gospel. And if they never reach that time in their life because of their developmental mm-hmm. challenge, then I think they're never accountable. Right. But, uh, yeah, there, you know, Bob, I, I, let, let me just say this. I think that you can, like like Patrick said, you can trust, rest in the fact that God is is righteous and the Bible is very clear he is not willing that any should perish he is not willing to let someone just go off into hell you know he will and and the Bible is very clear about this he is actively seeking people he's actively and and I, I, I believe this that you have to turn away from God more than once many times that's my personal opinion and you you will turn away and and so there's a lot of people that ask man we are all kind of rabbit trails today <laughs> so you, people always talk about okay what about that person in Mongolia what about that person in Siberia what about that person in the jungles of Africa well at every point in which that person accepts that totem of a sun god or something like that or some or accepts this or accepts this listen the Holy Spirit is going to convict people that that is not God. You know, and 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 there and there's we have records of of people who they ask, well, who made my hands? Who is that God that made my hands? David said, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. See, all of creation is a testimony that we were made. Mm-hmm. You know, and and now you have the I almost said an unkind word, but listen, fools, fools that say the whole universe burped and we're here. And, of course, people would ridicule me for saying that, except the theory is not far off from that. However many billions of years, the number keeps changing. Why? <laughs> because it keeps getting harder for people to see how that could possibly happen. So they just add another 20 billion years. And, listen, it doesn't matter how much time you get it. You don't blow up. You take all the components of a, of a, of a jet aircraft and blow it up. And it doesn't matter how long you wait. It ain't never coming together. Much less 
the entire, you know, and, and listen, I, it's so silly, you know, when it's, when the textbook says all the matter of the, of the universe was in a dot smaller than a period on a page, spinning faster and faster and faster until it blew up. Literally, that's what it says. Those same people will be the first ones to fight for a, a person's rights, so they're very big on rights. That's biblical. <laughs> and they can't run from their, like you said, that person in the jungle that has an idol they worship and mm-hmm. no other distractions. Look at all the idols we worship in America. Well, way more mm-hmm. than somebody in Papua New Guinea. We worship way more idols. We're yeah, the difference is, is we have a lot more accountability. We're so, yeah, we're so much <laughs> more distracted. So, uh, uh, like, that person that doesn't believe in anything they're an atheist that's, that just caves in on itself because they're the first one to say mm-hmm. black lives matter. You know, well, right. that's biblical. Guess what? You're right. They do matter. Right? Oh, black sure. <laughs> of course, black people's lives matter. So mm-hmm. it's like, so the whole thing is, it, it's just, it doesn't even work. You know, it's, it what they forget is we're all of one blood. They have right. that same thing you're talking about. They say, my, where do my hands come from? They, they're saying, well, that, that, that woman's rights matters. That's mm-hmm. biblical. That's a biblical principle. Isn't it? Christian values. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it's absolutely true. And by the way, there's you don't see many atheist hospitals out there. No. You know, you see a lot of. My mom worked at, at, at Baptist Hospital in uh, Arkansas for many years. That was a Christian organization, and uh, and now it's getting less and less common just because people are less and less persuaded that God is the answer to their problems. And so, anyway, uh, and yeah, yeah. We circle back around to we were talking about. We're talking about the ascension is yeah. to come in the clouds yeah. like in like manner, right? Mm-hmm. People will hide themselves under the rocks. Yeah, that's in Revelation. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, but here's a really cool verse that oftentimes we don't get to. Okay. We read the verse before at John 3:16, but it says, "For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved." So He came this time. Not to condemn, yeah. so we might be saved, but the next time, right, it's going to be completely different. And that again is is right. is tying things off very well. That Jesus didn't come the first time to condemn, and he's not yeah. coming the second time to condemn. It's just that there's no more time. Right. You know, and and you, you look at our world today, and and for lack of a better way of saying it, it's it's a time of diminishing returns. People aren't, re, to my eyes, what I see with my own eyes, people don't be seem to be responding to God. And we've talked about how in, in uh, 91, when the two towers came, people flooded the churches. And three months later, they're all gone. Listen, we don't have even that sensitivity to God in America anymore. People are making all kinds of things their refuge. And so the, the problem is, is that mankind is, Lord Jesus mentions it in the New Testament. This is a very relevant book. <laughs> You know, as you know, these people, their ears are wax gross. You know, and the, I think the, uh, the the modern vernacular is they're hard of hearing. They've got too much junk and garbage between their hearts, their heads, and God's voice, brother Alvin. Right. Well, you know, the, it was different for different people. Nathaniel, he was sitting under a tree, and the, and the Lord Jesus said, you know, behold, a, a man in whom is no, uh, no guile, an Israelite indeed. And he said, well, how do you know me? He said, well, when you were under the tree, I saw you. And he said, well, you're the king of Israel. You're the son of God. And the Lord Jesus said, because I saw you under the tree, you believe? You'll see greater things than these. 
So you see Nathaniel instantly not needing much at all <laughs> to convince him of who Jesus is. And then you have Judas Iscariot saw the exact same thing that all the other disciples saw and yet received 30 pieces of silver to betray him. Sought it out. Money. Yeah. And so, listen, people are different. <laughs> yeah. I never thought about this, but he was talking about the miracles. Mm-hmm. But in the end times, uh, the devil will be doing signs yeah. and wonders, kind of like a counterfeit right. to convince people that he's God. Yeah. So. No, and, and we see, you know, folks, I, I, I don't want to sound like a doom and gloom preacher. I guess I am that, so hey. <laughs> but listen, the truth is, is you see stuff's ramping up, man. Yeah. You, you see people being prepared for the time in which you read about in the book of Revelation. And listen, I, folks, I do believe it's it's right around the corner. I could be wrong. Maybe it'll be another 100 years. I don't know. All I know is you see things absolutely fitting with exactly what the Bible says. Men should be lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. You know, they're quick to embrace evil. Again, that's not new. It's always it, man has been this way since the beginning. But America has a lot of a lot of accountability. There's been a lot of, of, of light given to America, and America has a great deal of accountability. And so I believe America is going to face the judgment of God. I don't I don't know how else to think of it. I think that America is going to face judgment. I think America's already had warning shots across the bow. We're not even mentioned in the Bible. It doesn't even mention America. Right. And yeah, a lot, that's you have to really, really strain you and you twist to. <laughs> a lot of hermeneutical acrobatics to find yeah. mention of. Yeah, and and the truth is though is 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 there's no mil, there's no military hyperpower in the Bible, and people think that we're a hyperpower, and we're not, not anymore. I, I don't know what we are, but we're not we're not that superpower that people think that nobody can defeat us. Listen, it wouldn't take God anything mm-hmm. to see us defeated. Right. So. Um, well, I, I, let me just say this about this about this passage is uh, we, we looked at how, you know, the, the, the disciples saw the Lord Jesus. They were afraid. And then Jesus said, you know, be of good cheer. It is I. And Peter, with that great boldness, he responded with, you know, bid me come out of the water. And so he did. And then he saw the waves boisterous. And then he was afraid again. And then the Lord Jesus and he said, cried out, Lord, save me. And then immediately the Lord Jesus is there. And then on the boat, you see. You know, you're the son of God. And why I wanted to mention about this is this is like a microcosm of, uh, of humanity. Fear, boldness, fear, worship. <laughs> and this is the Lord Jesus' disciples. And who are we to think that we're anything better than they are? We have the Holy Spirit and we have a completed word of God. But besides that, we're very frail. We're very foolish. We're very weak. We're bent to go in the wrong direction. But thank God for the Lord Jesus. He says, you know, a bruised reed, he will not break. The fact that we're weak and frail, all that does is mean that God will use us and get the glory for it. And so our place is to take our weaknesses and to and to put them in, uh, in the Lord Jesus' hands and trust that, you know, there's I may be weak, but he is strong. And I may be foolish, but he is wise. And so the point is, is our place is to set everything aside and just follow him. But instead, people use everything under the sun as an excuse for why I shouldn't even try. And folks, that's kind of a satanic message. 
When the Bible is very clear, the Lord Jesus, throughout the Bible, God says, obey. Just obey. <laughs> it's very simple. I mean, listen, if all any of us ever did was just, just obey the very simple things that we can read in the Bible, listen, that would be enough to keep us all busy. <laughs> but people dismiss and they say, no, I could, I could never serve God. Real quick. I guess the key ingredient is to trust and obey. Trust and obey. Right. So they, trust and obey. You can Amen. obey when you trust. Amen. Right. And and then as as you as we begin to step out in faith, you grow. <laughs> you grow. And the Bible talks about growing from faith to faith. And you you know, once you walk just a little bit, well you're not that babe anymore. And you've grown a little bit, and the Lord gives you more. And he gives you more guidance, and he gives you more peace, and he gives you more strength, and, and also more trials. Right. You know, you're not going to have the trials of, a, of an adolescent Christian that you had as a babe. And so the point is, is our place is to cling to him and let him guide us. Our place is to submit to him and trust in him, walk in his ways, and let God make us into the people he wants us to be. And stop making excuses for why, why we can't obey. And I, I think we're all guilty of that, one way or another. So we're going to go ahead and have to close right there. Hey, Brad, yeah. I say it again. Mm-hmm. I've talked to a lot of people. I keep hearing this over and over and over again. I don't go to church because people aren't friendly there. Everybody's cold. they got their little clicks. I hear it over and over and over again. And once they get that sour note, try to get them back in. Well, and some, some, sometimes, brother, what that is is a reflexive answer. It's just a way to dismiss. Sundays are my day off, and I don't want to go to church. I know people who use COVID as a reason why they don't go to church. No. I mean, listen, it's just another reason. It's just something else that rolls down the line. I see Well, and listen, our place is not to, you know, be hating on people because you know, they, they, they're not with us or whatever. It's just that our place is to encourage, to, to lift up brothers and sisters and encourage them and, and, and pray for them and, uh, and know that we're all, we're all needing God's grace and God's help. So let's, uh, let's close in prayer. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for this time together. Thank you for, Lord, what we've met around on your word. And we pray that you please help us all to, to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus. And uh, we pray for Pastor Ken and Joyce and their, their family. Please bring them back safe. And everybody else who's traveling, many of my kids are traveling. I pray to bring them all, all home safe. And we pray for your work in our lives. Help us to be sensitive to you and tender and, and able to be, uh, to be guided by you and easily corrected so that it doesn't have to be hard. And uh, we pray that you help us, Lord, just to be tender towards you and, and, and be able to be guided by you like, a, like sheep. And we thank you and we ask your blessings. Please keep my mom safe as she travels. And uh, all the prayer requests that we mentioned tonight, we pray that you please meet those needs and bless them and help. And we thank you for all that you do. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Yeah.